Alright, welcome to the fourth power hour with uh, Chris, Nate, and Dave here. Uh, today we come to you fresh off of the Lost finale, uh, which has, I think, lots of mixed reviews, but after listening to this podcast, you'll probably hear mostly negative things said about it. Uh, so hopefully you didn't come here to feel better about it. <laughs> but before we get to that, I'd like to mention... Uh, you know that I'm not a superstitious guy, but I've been to five Major League Baseball games this year, and every single one I've been to, the team I was rooting for lost. And I want to know, am I cursed? Well, <laughs> let me point out a few things that we've actually briefly touched on. First of all, two of those games were the Rangers against the Cubs. Okay, you went to two games where your team was playing the Cubs. The Cubs won both. I mean, you can't be upset about that. They're just they're. They're a powerhouse. They're like the guest house gorillas from Bugs Bunny. Uh, you just nothing can be done to slow them down. The, the, the guest house gorillas. That was uh, that yeah. was a reference. Thank you. Well, I just wanted. Yeah, I'm trying just to describe things and you know as vividly as possible and as accurately, obviously. Um, now let me ask you. Obviously, four of those games of the five that you've been to were Texas Rangers games. Yes. Do you and you went to the one White Sox game? Did you wear the Przinsky jersey for the White Sox game? Yes. For the Rangers game, did you wear any Rangers gear? Do you wear the Przinsky jersey? So, and this is another interesting part about it. So Saturday, I did wear my Przinsky jersey to the Rangers game when they were playing the Cubs, and I think that Texans don't understand like the rivalry between the Sox and Cubs or something because they just gave me really weird looks, like I wore the wrong jersey to the game. <laughs> They were very well, confused. I had a Rangers Texas hat on, too. Uh, that is odd. Yeah. Um, see, I'm a big believer in, in, in the shirt that wins the game. Reason being, uh, I go to a lot of sporting events, or you know, a decent number. Um, the Bulls are undefeated when I wear my Jason Caffey jersey. I'm pretty sure they're undefeated. Yeah, and that includes... That's that includes some some good some good quality teams. We beat the Bulls or we beat the Celtics at home in '09 uh, while they had Kevin Garnett in the lineup. Yeah, um, maybe it might not have been, um, but they've beaten they beat Utah. I've seen them beat some other pretty good teams with it. And a lot of times when I don't wear that jersey, they end up losing. Hor- Horace Grant isn't nearly as lucky as Jason Caffey. I'm just saying that right now. There's a, uh, there's truth but, in a lot of levels of that. Yeah, and, and I've noticed, well, clearly it's just 100% true. It's it's true on all levels. Um, and, and the Cubs, I always used to wear my Matt Merton t-shirt jersey, but uh, first Cubs game this year, I decided to uh, to, to let that one ride the pine because uh, it's very, very small, and it's gotten to the point where I'm, I don't even know if it's as funny to everyone else as it is to me and to people that, that know it, almost because he's so far removed from being with the team um, and leading the team in batting one year, by the way. Um, that people might not understand it as humor. And sure enough, went to one game and they lost that game. So that's why I'm always curious about the, the garb that is worn to the games because I feel that that has something to do with it. Okay. Well, so, okay. So the other thing was, so Sunday, though, I didn't wear that jersey. But I did wear my White well, Sox I mean, hat. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday have to get thrown out of the loop because you guys are playing the Cubs. Yeah, but okay. You, you let's take let's take the team leading the AL West against the team just doing miserably in the NL Central. Doing miserably, but better than the who West. should win that? 
with the Rangers at home. I I was going to say I know I know the Rangers and then the the one White Sox game we saw the White Sox were also the favorites there. So maybe just the Rangers against the Red Sox. You were rooting for the uh, the not not Vegas favorite, I suppose. No, the Red, Sox. Red Red Sox are they started off slow. They're not that good either. You might have been yeah. You might have actually those. I guess those teams. You you might have had the the underdog winning all five actually. Um, normally, I'd say five games, especially in baseball, where there's a lot of games. Every team wins. Well, the Rangers were favored over the White Sox when they were playing in Arlington. Right. So I'm saying I didn't have the underdog then. Okay, well, I guess for the... All right, what I was going to say was with five games, if you, had, if you lost the underdog in all of those, that's, that's significant. That's, or lost with the favorite, that's significant. Well, it's possible but, if I had rooted for the Rangers for some odd reason. You're, you're, you're thinking of reverse jinxing teams now? Like uh, think that would work. I still no, know where the five games, five How games, about this? What if Krasinski gets games. traded to the Rangers, but I wear his White Sox jersey? Um, if he high five you, that's, then I that's think fine. If, if they're playing the White Sox, you can't. That's just that. That's just mind blowing. You you can't do that. I know most people would say you can't wear the 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 X team. I find that funny. Personally, I'm a, I, I'm a person that enjoys comedy. <laughs> Uh, that's why I own a Matt Merton t-shirt jersey. This is when tragic comedy, What's that? This is tragic comedy. Yeah, but it's comedy nonetheless, and it's really not that tragic. It's extremely tragic. Maybe it's ironic. Don't you think? Where's the irony? <sighs> I just wanted to fill in some Alanis Morissette lyrics. <laughs> it's really an important part of my everyday life. Yeah, pretty much. Well, have you been to? Uh, I mean, is that or is your luck always like that, or is that just this year? I think that's just uh, this year. I'm trying to think of sporting events I've been to. So I'm South. trying to. Okay, is there a way to use this as my advantage? Like when the Twins come to town, can I wear my Pierzynski jersey? And I the think twins you should wear your Twins here for the Twins. Just, just buy twins. like a really crappy Twins jersey, or like maybe like an anklet or something. Yeah. I I I would try reverse jinxing teams. That would. Uh, that, that's well, the, that's the only thing no, I can see. Right you can't now. wear you can't wear a Przinsky jersey to a Red Sox or to a Rangers Twins game because Przinsky used to play for the Twins. That's true. I mean, he spent you know the first six years of his career there. So, so what effect should... would it have? Would it have any effect on the game, or would it just make I would just look like an idiot? You might you make look like a Twins fan. You would look like a Twins fan. And personally, I think that's great that you know the Twins. I'm I'm a <laughs> Um, I, I don't I think just, wearing a White Sox jersey makes him look like a Twins fan. <laughs> no, but if you're wearing, but he, I mean, he spent six years there. I, if he was wearing a Twins Przinsky jersey, that makes him look like a Twins fan. Well, I'm just saying, if he, you know, a Przinsky jersey is a fan of one of those two teams. I, I don't, I, that sentence didn't make any sense. Please just okay. cut that out. Um, I'm not buying this argument. But he, but, I'm just if you look if you wear that I don't know so you think it's okay to wear the Przinsky jersey to a Twins Rangers game even though it's a White Sox jersey but he had played for the Twins for no I think that'd be really weird if I did that but I'm saying would it bring bad luck to the Twins if it would jinx the Twins I would do it I 
I don't think it would bring bad luck to the Twins. I think you might make the White Sox lose somewhere. I, I could see that. Yeah, I see. I think now, now you're now you're you're coming in with a loss theory here. Now that would that is something that would happen on Lost, where you would wear one jersey to a game that didn't involve either team, involved one ex-player from you know seven years ago, uh, and somehow that has a reverse jinx on the visiting team. Like that just that that's something you would only see in. So I, I would stay away from that. That might even be too crazy for Lost. Nothing's too crazy for that Lost. That could violate the rules. I don't think anything's too crazy for Lost. So I guess that leads to the second fact that this was just an extremely disappointing weekend for me. Uh, Cubs win Saturday, Cubs win Sunday, and then I come home and I put on Lost. Oh, by the way, have you watched the Kimmel after show yet? No. Because that was also disappointing. But if you haven't watched it, we don't have to talk about it. No, I have not. Well, that will probably be watched as soon as I uh, get off the phone with you guys. Yeah, you should just give us a brief rundown, Dan. Of the Kimmel? Yeah. Well, hold on. So, first of all, first of, first of all, your your weekend was actually, outside of Lost, your weekend was bad for a lot of the reasons that mine was good. When you consider the Cubs beating the Rangers, it was great, even though Cubs are, are close to being given up on. Um, and I don't know if you noticed, but the Blackhawks won game four yesterday. They are going to the Stanley Cup Finals. That's your That's hometown true. team. And I was saying, I, I, I tweeted, I, I tweeted, I'm glad I wasn't at the Blackhawks game because they probably would have lost. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. They're, they're no Dallas Stars or anything. They're actually a lot better. <laughs> not, not, not Dallas Stars circa 93 with Mike Badano, though. No. Mike Badano's still on the team, actually. Is he? You can be so old and play hockey. You have to be good. <laughs> I forgot to plug this real quick. Okay. So, for those of you who want to catch this later or listen to previous Power Hours, you can catch us. Our blog is thepowerhourpodcast.blogspot.com and the RSS feed is feeds.feenitburner.com slash thepowerhour. Continue. Okay. <laughs> uh, I wasn't going to really continue with anything. You were actually the one talking. Yeah, oh, okay. let's, let's sum up the Kimmel After Show and then uh, launch into Lost. Well, the Kimmel After Show is about Lost, so could we even do that? Well, I can just briefly say, so the, the writers, right, Carlton Cuse and uh, Lindelof and J.J. Abrams, I believe probably J.J. Abrams too, have said they're going to go radio silence for a while. They're not doing any interviews. They're not talking about the show at all. Uh, so they weren't on Kimmel. Uh, Kimmel had the actors on. Um, they had Michael on. Like it was written off three seasons ago, but anyway, they had some of the actors on. They didn't really say anything that gave you more insight into the show. They just kind of talked about why they liked their characters and what they liked about working on the show. And then, uh, you know, they teased you with, "We're going to show you three alternate endings," right? Mm-hmm. And all those alternate endings, they were just like spoofs. They were just comedies that made fun of other endings to other TV shows. They weren't actual alternate endings. That is very aggravating because it was hyped, as far as I could tell, as as being something that was an actual alternate ending to the show. Unless yeah, that's what I thought it was going to be. Well, yeah. Let me, let me. I, I would like to say I do agree with uh, with their idea of not of the radio silence and, and not really talking about it. I think that just sparks up a lot of conversation, debate about it, which kind of is a big backdrop of. You know the six seasons the show was on, 
um, and enables them to kind of like let things stew until they uh, are they eventually coming out and saying something. I don't know if they're ever going to say anything. I don't know. I mean, I'd like them to eventually, but I'm not even sure what I'd I'd like to ask them. Quite frankly, if Lost was a person, I would punch it in the face. Take take boobs. (laughs) Yeah. I I think they're probably just trying to maintain radio silence to just let the buzz die down so they can get on with their careers and their lives, right? Because if they start doing interviews now, they're just going to be on like an endless interview circuit. And they'll never be able to move on to another project, or they'll difficult to do. I think it's probably just better. Yeah, McCann, can you make the train stop running during these? No. You don't have that is kind of. Really power. That, is it really that bad? You get this like. Oh no, back. that's me. I'm breathing heavy because it's hot out. No, I'm pretty sure it's the train. Yeah. yeah I'm not really breathing that heavy. For, for those of you that don't know, Chris McCann lives right next to the L. Chicago's own L. Well, I have my window. So. And so, if there's ever a murder that needs to be solved, what the cops would do is listen to this, and then then that happened in like the Fugitive or something. They listen to the yes. recording and just start determine it's the L and which L it is and what time and it came by. Well, because then they hear the stop, and I think they said it was. I don't remember what stop it was. Yeah, for some reason they knew because of like a certain bell going off or something. Well, they heard them say they they dropped it and only heard the person in the background. The the train con- not it's not even conductor it's a recording. Yeah, so you know, this could come in handy someday for other reasons. Is all I'm saying. In case Chris McCann ever gets murdered, is what you're well, saying. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Dan. <laughs> nice yeah. Considering it's coming from someone who's completely cursed, I don't want to hear someone predicting. <laughs> no, my Nate said potential. that. I didn't say anything about it. That was Nate. Oh. All right. Well, then that's fine. He was disappointed when he heard it was me. Yeah. Kind of, kind of <laughs> out of your sails there. Oh well. Anyway, moving on. Where so, were we um, so here's my biggest gripe with it then, right? So I guess that if we haven't given any spoilers away now, we should say spoiler alert. And this is probably all we're going to talk about for the rest of the podcast. So Yeah, if you haven't seen it, don't listen. Yeah, you can also, stop if now. You, if you haven't seen it and you watch the show, that's just odd. I think that's this true, is too. To yeah, to, I think everybody's so right now. There's only one person on the planet who didn't watch it last night, and that's Anthony D'Inferno. He didn't watch it? Apparently not. Latner sent me a message today and said, "Hey, tell Anthony everything that happened in Lost." Wow. How did he not watch it yet? I don't know. Well, he was at the Blackhawks game yesterday, but I didn't talk to him after that. Still, yeah. there's time after that. Yeah. I don't know. We PJ went to a concert. We managed to watch. We we just yeah. made, we didn't start until eleven, so we just did that. Whatever. Alright, yeah, so spoiler alert. Okay, go on. Okay, so my biggest problem with it, other than that, it was the length of a feature film. Didn't answer anything. Uh, my biggest problem with it was that I would have probably stopped watching Lost uh, after season four once they started doing the time traveling. That's kind of when I gave up on it, but I'm like, I have to finish it because they're going to give answers and I want to know the answers. Right. So I threw it for two more seasons and got zero answers. So if I had known then what I know now, I would have stopped watching two seasons ago. Okay. Um, see, I, I have a hard time starting something, whether it be a book, a TV show, a movie, anything, and not finishing it. Um, You're quiet me. again. I'm sorry? You're really quiet again. Oh, first you complain the trains are too noisy, then I'm too quiet. <laughs> Never enough with you, is there? Am I louder now? Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I didn't really do anything different. Um, yes, you did. No, actually, I didn't. Uh, I don't know. I have a hard time giving up on things, so I wanted to watch it. I'll admit it got aggravating at the end, but it was still entertaining. As aggravating as, aggravating as it was, I was still entertained by it all throughout. Um, I didn't necessarily like what I was saying, but you know, for an hour each week, I'd you know like to see what happened, and I was kind of frustrated, not as frustrated as everyone else, but uh, I was very frustrated after last night's finale. Um, I think one of the problems with Lost is that throughout the years, it's done nothing but throw twists and turns and questions, which made it very captivating for quite a while, mm-hmm. and then aggravating as they didn't answer any of those questions they introduced. But as a result, I think I overanalyze it every time I watch it. So I think I when I when when we're not confu- like when PJ and I watch it and we're not confused, that's confusing <laughs> to us. Like when we understand what's going on, it, it's it's very odd. So you want to be confused? I no, we just expect it with, that, with the way that works. So at the end, I started just thinking of the eight million different possibilities that could have actually been going on at that time. Yeah, and that's what I ended up spending the last twenty minutes or thirty minutes trying to figure out is. Um, all right, where could this possibly be? Where are they? Where? When is this? What's going on? What was your interpretation of the end? So when I, my very first reaction, I thought they were dead the whole time, on the island. And then I thought about it a little more. I realized I was wrong today. They're no, they're only dead in the sideways universe. That's kind of a purgatory, and that was kind of a cop-out, I think, because the writers the whole time said that the island is not purgatory, and technically it wasn't, but then this sideways universe was purgatory. I don't think that was fair of them to pull that. Uh, But I think basically what happened was on the island, right, the people who get off on the plane do actually get off, and then Jack dies on the island, and Hurley is the new Jacob. Hurley's the new protector of the island, and he lets Ben hang around. But the show really ends with Jack dying. Right. That, yeah, that was the closing scene, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought it happened. Yeah. I just so I thought they... I would have liked I did I thought I don't think they needed a whole sideways universe at all. I could care less about that. I think they should have ended it with like Jack dying and Hurley taking over as the new Jacob and kind of leaving it open like that, and then like show Hurley bringing another ship in or something. And yeah. Saga continues. That's how I would have ended it. Yeah, I think that would have been that would have been cooler. It almost it almost makes this whole season seem like a completely just a waste of all that because they spent so many of them just doing flash sideways of what these people are doing. Yeah. And now we find out that's not really important at all. So, like, what was the purpose of eighty percent of season six? Yeah. I mean, I I would have rather seen them give some sort of answers. I I know they had said throughout they weren't going to answer what the numbers meant. Um, and for some reason, seeing that actually happen last night, knowing it was going to happen was one thing, but then seeing the last episode of the entire series conclude and not having that answer was almost more frustrating, even though I knew that was what was, what was going to happen going in. It what did they answer? Me. They didn't answer the anything about the numbers. Right. And I knew that going in. They had said we're not going to answer that. But for some reason, seeing the series conclude and not having that, maybe I was just looking for reasons to be angry. But I was upset after that because I really wanted to know what those are. And I know that's because I'm a numbers freak and whatnot. But still, (laughs) that was kind of disappointing. Yeah. I mean, we go back through and say a thousand things, right? They never explained Walt. 
They never explained why they kidnapped children. Or who the yeah. others really were, what they were doing there. Also, I noticed they like they never really said anything about Rose and Bernard at the end. And then all of a sudden Vincent came out. That was kind of odd. And was sitting next to Jack when he died. Yeah. But Rose and Bernard, they just kind of left on the island. Like, nobody really knows what happened with them, I guess. Um, also, my, like, Michael wasn't there in, at the very end when they were in that church. Walt wasn't, I don't think they were there. No, Walt wasn't there. And Michael, because Michael, Michael I think Michael's stuck on the island, right? He was, he's like in hell, kind of, or he's stuck in purgatory or whatever on the island to be whispers for the rest of eternity. Oh, yeah, that's right. He came up earlier in the season. I forgot about that. Yeah. And I guess, well, Walt probably, I don't know, Walt, Walt got away and he's fine. Yeah, we'll just assume that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, I don't know, Ben stays behind because Ben hasn't redeemed himself, I guess? Uh, yeah, I think, I kind of agree with that as far as, I think Ben just felt a, felt a special kinship with the island that, you know, kept him attached to it, which is part of the reason, and I agree that, I mean, he, he felt he had made some mistakes that he needed to kind of atone for, um, and it's just part of the reason he ended up staying behind, which really didn't surprise me at all. I mean, I almost would have been surprised the other way had he decided to leave, but I don't know. Overall, it seemed to... I was fine with that. That I I had no problems with the way they played a lot of that stuff. Yeah, no, I didn't. I was just confused by it, I guess. I didn't have a problem with that part, but... Yeah. Uh, so how about when they go into the glowing cave, you know, and when, when uh, Flock went in there, he turned into Smokey? But when Desmond and Jack go in there, they just get kind of tired. <laughs> um, that is lost in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really know. Uh, just, uh, it's possible, I guess, that you know when when you know the man in black went in there, he did something different. He didn't just go right down there. Who knows? Because I also, from what I vaguely remember, he when he went in there, there was not a whole lot of time from him going into that little that little like cave alcove type thing. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a whole lot of time left between when he entered that and when the smoke came out. Right. Yeah. It was and when they went in and lowered Desmond, and it it took quite a while for them to lower him down, and and kind of get in there and 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 do the whole you know work mess with the light. So maybe the cave has like motion sensors and if you're only going a certain speed, if you're going too fast, it'll turn you into smoke. Right, or if you're gliding face down. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing that the other way I kind of originally looked at it is maybe that only happens one time. Maybe it comes out, you know, and that was the first time it had ever happened. Was okay. when he did. And, and maybe, you know, it's not a, a recurring thing. It's a one-time finite event and that's it. Yeah. So I was also looking at it, and, and I think they showed. I went back and rewound this before. Um, when Jack and Locke originally go in there, they lower Desmond down. They come out. They have that fight, and all of a sudden, Jack or uh, sorry, Locke is bleeding. Um, before that, they showed during the rope. It looked like as as Locke was kind of sliding the rope through his hands, his hands started bleeding. And we were saying that we thought maybe he was made mortal just by the whole resetting of it of like the light and toying with that but that was actually happening before Desmond had gone all the way down there so what what exactly made him mortal all of a sudden oh really I didn't pick up on that yeah I thought it was just when when Desmond removed the stone 
I could be wrong, but if you go back and watch it, they they, they zoom in on it real quick and then, and okay. then just move on very quickly. But we went, I rewound it because I thought I saw that, and sure enough, as Locke is letting the rope slide through his hands, he's got something. I, I'm not really sure why they would zoom in on his hands unless to make a point of the fact that there was something there that looked like it looked like he his hands were bleeding. And, that could and be. We, yeah, I'll have to go look at that again. We kept saying that we thought he was kind of made mortal with the light, but that happened before Desmond was, was lowered all the way down. He was still on the way down. So I'm not really sure what happened. If it, is, if it was just entering the tunnel, which wouldn't really make a lot of sense, but then again, neither does the entire show. Um, I, I just kind of want to know what triggered that. And maybe there was something before that that I completely forgot about. But, but if you go back and watch... The scene when they're lowering it down, they, they real quickly they zoom in on his hands and then zoom, and go right right past it. Okay. So I'm assuming you recorded on the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got yeah. it. Yeah, you gotta go back and watch it. I'll go back and look at that. Uh, so another thing then, so after Flock gets killed, mm-hmm. what does Hurley have to protect the island from anymore? Somebody else finding it and trying to do that. I guess. They also didn't really explain anything about Widmore. Yeah, and they just... I completely forgot. It took me 20 minutes watching the episode to remember that he was killed. He comes, he brings Desmond back, and then they kill him. And then you don't know why he brought Desmond back or what his goals were. And same thing with uh, that that psychic lady. Uh, Faraday's mom. Oh, yeah. They didn't really they never, explain they her at all. No. And she was really sad when Desmond's coming to get everybody in the in the sideways universe. And right, she says, uh, Eloise was her name. She says, "Are you going to take, you know, Daniel with you?" And 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 uh, Desmond was like, "No, not with me." I didn't really know what that meant either. I forgot about that. I thought that was going to get explained later, but that, that was just a stupid idea on my part. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't really. Uh, they, yeah, they never really went back on that because they yeah, they made it sound like they were leaving it open. Yeah, for, for that to be explained, or they. I mean, he could have just said, "No, I'm not taking him with me." <laughs> right. But he kind of emphasized it to the point where it led you to believe that there was going to be some sort of at least another scene where that's explained a little bit, or at least kind of expounded upon or something. I don't know. Yeah. So that was all disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Kind of sad to see it come to an end, but I'm no, I'm not. I guess less less questions. I'm glad it's over. Also, I was thinking the whole time after Locke was shot in the back that he was gonna go and Jack kicks him. I thought for sure when they when Sawyer peered over the edge the next time that he was gonna be gone and he wouldn't have been there and that he was not dead yet. Oh yeah. And what was with the I, Mortal Kombat running jump kick that Jack did? I don't know. That This needs to be spoken about for some reason. <laughs> First of all, I don't remember the last time I've laughed that hard. <laughs> Jack is running down this mountain, or hill, or cliff, or edge, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's the edge of a cliff overlooking an ocean. He's running at a slight downhill pace. Meanwhile, Locke is running slightly uphill at him, and they cut to commercial as Jack takes a leap from about 60 feet away 
and this is a very <laughs> slight break, about 60 feet away, he's flying through the air with his right arm cocked, ready to punch him. Uh, he's nowhere near him. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, which is the reason I initially started laughing so hard. But what made it even better is when they come back from the commercial, they go right to that same exact scene. And when they cut back to it, Jack is on the ground running again. So either he never took off for that hilarious flying punch, it was horribly edited, or he made that flying punch motion for no reason and landed and kept running. It was one of those three things, but it it was just completely absurd. I don't know what happened or how it happened, but... yeah. It was definitely hilarious. That was out of nowhere. It came from nowhere. There's never. I mean, it was. I got a huge kick out of it personally. But yeah. It didn't. It didn't. You think that was their intent? Did they think they meant it to look ba- that bad? That it was funny. I don't know. Um. I don't. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine a, a show that you know has that much right. You know, that much viewership, especially for this episode would have an editing mistake that horrible. But, I mean, this was unintentional comedy at its at its greatest. <laughs> I mean, it was, that's just, it was it was comedy to the max. I, I was very happy with that part of it. That was my favorite part of the episode. Yeah. At once I saw that scene, I was hoping that instead the finale had just been like, like snakes on a plane. Where it was, just, it was so just completely absurd. Over the top awful, it was hilarious. They should have what do you that. think would have been okay? Now, now let's go this direction since I'm tired of getting aggravated thinking about that episode. <laughs> what do you think the reaction would have been had they actually done something like that? I mean, knowing that they're not going to be able to answer everything, knowing that people are disappointed after every episode, would people actually just say, "You know what? That was funny. I'm glad that they tortured me for almost <laughs> six full seasons and then gave me some comedic relief." I think most people wouldn't. I think you and I would have loved that. Yeah. Uh, and partly I think that's because I was so frustrated with the show that if they're not going to give me any answers, they might just give me, they might as well give me like a ridiculous ending. Yeah, I guess that's, see, I, I'm kind of weird like that, where I just, I, I don't, I'd prefer that over something serious any day. So somebody commented uh, <laughs> when Claire was giving birth, like, who's the baby? And it'd be funny if she gave birth to the smoke monster. That would have been way better. That, that, would been, that would have been absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Uh, they could just pull out like huge twists like that instead. Also, did did you get frustrated at all? I, I know this was this was really driving at me, and maybe I'm probably the only one. But so all these people are having these flashbacks, and I don't remember who what which one was the first one where they kind of all noticed it together. I don't know if it was if it was Sawyer and Juliet or who it was. But these people are all having these flashbacks, remembering parts of the island. They're all doing it together. Like, a lot of them were having the flashbacks at the exact same time. It was clear that something was happening to both of them, but in zero situations did the two people bring it up to each other. Like, until, until like, the last 45 minutes of the episode. You cut out there. Can you say that last part again? When, okay, so what they were having, like, a lot of, a lot of times... Multiple people would have those flashbacks to the island at the exact same time. Or yeah. Flash, whatever you want to call them. Right. When they were seeing, they were remembering parts of the island. And they were, they were noticing it together. It was very clear that both of them noticed something. They each, they each saw the other person have that reaction. And none of them brought it up to each other. 
Like, they, was it, is it supposed to be that taboo or something? I don't know, but it was like, well, after that happened, though, they they remember each other. Right, but, like, wouldn't they bring that up? Like, did you see, like, clearly, That's... in all those situations until, I don't remember what the first one was. It might have been Sawyer and Juliet in front of the vending machines. Right. Where something happened, they each clearly had the flash, like flashbacks. They both back away and, and, and just look completely stunned. They stare at each other. They obviously both went through something fairly, you know, traumatic or had some sort of, you know, mini epiphany. But they just wouldn't bring it up to each other. Every time they just completely moved on and completely forgot. I think it was this understanding. They just, that's when they kind of knew, though. That's when they realized they're in, like, a purgatory. Yeah, I guess it was. Just and so it's kind of like this enlightenment. I think that comes to them. So I think they just kind of know they don't need to. They don't need to speak about it. Okay, I just. I mean, my reaction is if that was me, I would immediately say something to the other person. Like, oh my god, did you see? And finally. Well, you've never reached. Answer. You've never reached enlightenment, though. You don't know how you would react. Well, it's just a. It's just a, an estimated guess as to what I would do. Yeah. Nate, any thoughts on enlightenment? Um, did they get there by following the Eightfold Noble Path as described by the Buddha? Okay, you're cut off. <laughs> uh, no, all I have to say is that any ending they would have come up with explaining anything would have disappointed you. There's no way you can possibly end a series like this. No, I told you, I would have, I would have liked the end if they didn't do a whole flash sideways. That was a waste of time. And yeah, then it, it, it really as, it was almost Hurley's ascension to protector of the island. It was almost the, the whole last season. Now, seeing as what it culminated to, that, that's disappointing more so than just the last. Yeah. Episode. Well, the time travel sucked too. The whole fifth season, I didn't really like that much. Yeah. I don't know. Before that, I really, really, really liked it. Yeah. And I know a lot of people were, were frustrated with the number of questions being introduced without answers, and I watched you know, five at night, so I didn't really experience it the same way most people did who watched it live from the start. Um, but I still, I really, really like the first four seasons a lot. And even portions of season five, I, I, I was very happy with. Okay. Well, there we have we pretty much uh, hit, hit lost ad nauseum. Um, let's see. Because we, we we do need to we do we do have our final wrap ups we're gonna need to do or at least you two. Yeah, I haven't given too much thought to that though. Starting day, well, lucky for lucky for this whole this whole you know situation we got going on. I did remember that Nate, you and Dave have to come up with your estimated time of or estimated date of giving up on the White Sox this year. It's true. So I haven't given too much thought this week. So this is gonna be a total. I'll try and give it more thought next week. Uh, but let me take a look at the schedule. We said we have to wait at least. So, oh, did you see that note I shared on Reader? Yeah, that uh, uh, that your a blogger. Yeah, yeah. So he there's a blogger. There's a blogger I read, a White Sox blogger. He said he's already given up on the White Sox. Um, I'm I'm really struggling to talk myself into this team. And but I wish I had seen that on TV. The the one that the hot quote was from. So Pierzynski. Hits uh, hits it over the center fielder's head. There's a guy in first. And the guy in first is going to score, except it, the ball bounces over the wall, so it's a ground rule double. And the hawk, the hawk announcing that was, get over his head. It does. Thank you very. Don't jump over the wall. Dad, go. 
I'm so upset I didn't get to see that. That that, that would have been one of the greatest talk quotes of all time. Um, it is the greatest talk quotes of all time. I just didn't witness it. I can't. I, I won't say it's the greatest because I'm sure he said. I'm sure watching the hawk like eat fried chicken is probably an experience into itself. Um, just for sheer comedy. But uh, but no, I'm gonna give him two more weeks. What does that put me at? There are two more weekends, so uh, June 9th, July, June 9th, June 10th. I I don't know if I can make it to July at this point. They're gonna have to show me something for me to push that back. Um, so do they not come up? They're not looking good right now. Yeah. So they got uh, oh Tampa Bay this weekend. Four games That's... against Tampa Bay. Uh, are playing Cleveland right now or tonight. And then June. Then they come back to Texas. Oh no, they Texas goes there. They got Detroit through June. Uh, Crosstown Classic. That'll be fun. No, I'll, I'll say I'll say I'm gonna give them until July. I'll say July 19th right now after they play a four game series against the Twins. That'll be it. Uh, right I now, guess, I'm, I guess I'm giving up on Red Sox. I'll have for you next. That was very quiet on my end. Just so you know. Because the train was going by again. I told yeah. you. There, there's no trains going by. Stop talking. I guess I guess I'll have to uh, stick with them until at least the Crosstown Classic, and Which then if they just get at if they just, Fox. yeah, it's at the it's at Wrigley. Well, they do both. Right, but this the first one's at Wrigley. Yeah. Um, if they just get if they just get thumped there, that'll just rip my heart out. Uh, <laughs> okay. They play the Tigers right before that. Yeah. I don't even know if the other teams in our division are any good, other than the Twins, or if it's just. The Royals and White Sox are so so bad. Except we're beating Cleveland right now, but I'm I'm willing to leave it open for that to change. Yeah. Uh oh hey, here's an idea. Does home field advantage matter at the Crosstown Classic? Uh as far as as the fan base getting into it? No, I, as far as the team having an advantage. Uh, do the Cubs have an advantage at Wrigley, and do the White Sox have an advantage at the Cell? I, I mean, again, I watch much more of the Cubs than the White Sox. I would say, in general, the Cubs always fare better at home. I know, in I don't know. Yeah, I mean, most team teams do, that, right? The Cubs, the Cubs, in in recent years, have had a distinct home field advantage as far as their record at home. But usually, the reason home. you cite for home field advantage isn't necessarily the crowd; it's because you know you're sleeping in your own bed, you're not at a hotel, you're in your own locker yeah. room. Right, yeah. crowds matter as much in baseball. As right, well. I mean, what I would say but is in the case of the White think... Sox, you know, they'll still be in their own homes. They just right. have to go to the first side. I, I, I feel though, I feel as though it's definitely I've... not more of a home field advantage. I mean, and the crowd too will be mixed, right? You'll have plenty of fans on both sides. Yeah, I, I feel that uh, more White Sox fans are likely to go to Wrigley than like Cubs fans are to go down to the cell. And so, I, I, I think it's, I think it's probably like a wash. But I think I feel like the White Sox will will have more of a home field advantage than the Cubs will, just because the cell is in such an unpleasant part of town. People are less likely to go there. I can see that. Maybe I don't know. And plus, I feel like the cell doesn't normally sell out, and it like very well possibly could on a crosstown classic. Whereas, yeah, like, but would that benefit the White Sox? I I think more White Sox fans will show up. 
on the Crosstown Classic. And like, whereas Wrigley is always just like packed to the brim. Right. So, I mean, I, I don't, you know, once again, it's, it's home field advantage in baseball, but I feel like the White Sox, because the, a couple of years ago, the White Sox were, had like historically low numbers. It was like one of those things like major league, people around major league baseball couldn't figure out. Like the White Sox had like a decent team and people still weren't turning up to their games kind of thing. And yeah, uh, the, the, the White Sox just, they're, but I don't they're, think that was, I don't think that was North Siders not wanting to go to the South side. I think that was just the North Siders having a bigger fan base. Right. No, I, I, I agree with you, but I, but I think, I think there's something about playing the Cubs that mobilizes White Sox fans you know, gets their passion up. Like I, I would, if I had tickets to those games, I would drive three hours from Decatur, you know, having no claim whatsoever to the city of Chicago, I'd drive three hours from Decatur to watch one of those games. You know, whereas if like you were like, Oh, I have Kansas city Royals tickets. I would not do that. Right. So do you think, uh, do you think in general White Sox fans get more, get more riled up over those games than the Cubs fans do? Um, I don't, I don't know because I, I felt like there used to be an inferiority complex and then we won the World Series and uh, and that because you know there was always the inferiority complex with you know, the fact that you were the light, the less supported team that you were somehow the second team in the second city right and then now now that's kind of been washed away yeah I mean I dislike Cubs fans much much more after the White Sox won the World Series um, because so many Cubs fans were just pompous pricks to me. After the White Sox won the World Series, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I disdain them just as much now as I did then. Right. But it's a lot. It's a lot of disdain. I don't know. I I think it's about a wash. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I suppose. Okay. But yeah. For first crosstown classic is uh. Is it your give updates? So I'm gonna wait an extra month after that. But uh, well. Just, the, the subject to change, but yeah. This is an this is an organic number. <laughs> yeah, is that uh, Chris McCann is somebody who's into uh, numbers, self-proclaimed into numbers. Well, not really self-proclaimed to what everybody else tells me. How is how is an organic number classified? Where would I put that on the number line? No, it just means it's living. It's a it's a living <laughs> thing, right? That evolves over time based on outside influences. Oh, so we're going to bring religion into this now. No, I'm saying it's a living thing. <laughs> yeah, I understand what you're saying. I'm saying it's spiritual influences. Although God is a White Sox fan. Clearly. If he is, if he is indeed a just God. Right. Um, all right. Before, uh, before a lightning bolt strikes me down, I better get off that, uh, <laughs> that topic. But, uh, yeah. Do we, do we have anything to tease for next week that we want to talk about? So next week's Memorial Day weekend. I don't know when we're going to come on. Uh, I'm going down to Austin. Ooh, and Austin. I'll probably get back. I don't know. We might be able to do it again Monday night if you want to do it. Do you guys have Monday off? Uh, yeah, for my, for my job? Yeah, Chris, Chris McCann. Chris McCann will. Um, I'm coming up to the Shy this weekend. Okay. Bless you. I can't hear you. That's the train. <laughs> no, now I can hear it. Now I can hear it. All right, I'm I'm coming up to the shy this weekend, Chris. Yeah, when are you coming in? Uh, well, this is all you know pertaining to my job, the 24-hour operation that it is. But uh, right now, it's not looking like 
we will have to run the plant Monday, which means this will be the first uh, holiday I will have off since starting to work there, other than Christmas Day. Um, well, just wasn't getting really drunk. Right. Well, well, so far, I mean, we I, I suppose we could tease it as in my plans this weekend are to wa- are to watch the entire series of How to Make It. The, uh, the HBO show from the fall that everybody else has already weighed in on so you can you can get a late review recap of that from me and then Anthony and I were also planning on watching the uh, Nicolas Cage classic Leaving Las Vegas for the first time to see what Nicolas Cage winning an Oscar looks like well I'm in for that I'm up for pretty much anything as long as we watch the Blackhawks and whenever the Stanley Cup starts um, and Sunday, uh, the Belmont Sheffield Music Festival is right outside my apartment this weekend. And Sunday uh, at 4 o'clock, the band Infinity is playing. And they're the greatest 80s cover band that has ever graced the earth. All right. Good, um, good so plug. Go there. Yeah. I'm sure the concert will be packed now. It definitely will be. Oh, I spread the word immediately. You guys should sign autographs. <laughs> We've, Wait, let's open our own booth. I'll, 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 I'll try to get a petition to open our own booth there. We, 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 should, uh, we should have tried to uh, podcast live, me and you, from, uh, from the uh, Belmont Sheffield Music Fest. Hey, we could do that. We could just talk for a while. You know what we'll do? We'll call Mike Skirt's phone and we'll just leave him a really long voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that works. A series of long voicemails. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I, keep you posted as uh, when you think it might be coming up. Yeah, we will do, man. All right. All right. Are you going to play us out, Dave? Are you going to play us out? Yeah, so we'll, uh, I don't know, we'll come back to you with a podcast in the near future, and uh, we're going to play us out with uh, The Lost Song. When Lost first started, there were all of these mysteries, and we hoped it would end well. With one season left, we are starting to lose faith, but only time will tell. So we wrote this song for the creators of Lost to see that all these issues at what points continue to be missing. How can they solve them all? We'll have to see if they can, because we've all been waiting from the start to get answers. Like what is Was that giant bird and where did it come from? Did it really say, hurry? What's the significance of pushing the hash numbers every hundred and minutes? And why did the Dharma Initiative not automate that process? And how in the name of physics did the Black Rock crash on the island? The writers can't solve them all. Like who built the lamppost station And why do they have to recreate the crash To get back there How Jack gets Locke's letter back Answers What's in the guitar keys Answers Laws we hold will come answers Why does the monster look like smoke To everyone but to Locke White light. How does it manifest itself into dead people and project video of 
people's past. And why were they experimenting on polar bears in the first place? And who built the giant world that controls time and space? The writers will never solve them all. Like where did Jacob come from? How he have magical powers and cause things to happen outside of the island? Who's the guy that had Jacob killed? Answer. How he take over Locke's body? Lost. You're making it up as you go. Answer. Answer. If so many met the castaways in the past, why don't they? Jim survived, how could he time travel when he was so far away from the island? So the only way that would be possible is if Jim jumped off the ship and landed unconscious in the water, then somehow managed to move downstream, following the precise bearing of either 325 or 305, depending if you go by the number Michael was given by Ben or Lepidus was given by Faraday and end up close enough to the island to time jump with everyone else all in a matter of seconds, which seems completely preposterous, but they probably hope nobody realizes that it makes no sense. And we'll likely never get an answer. There's far too many questions to fit into just one song. Listing every single thing will make this song far too long. So here's a few more to ponder on. So you can continue to realize that Lost has too many questions that they'll never answer. Why do Whitmore and Ben fight answers? Why do people get healed while others are allowed to And the rest ended up in the present What is the other's origin? Why doesn't Richard Alpert get older? Why can Miles speak to the dead? Boy, do we hope that there's answers To all of these and more Will they answer them before the series?